Time is 9.30 Central. Today is March the 3rd, 2023. This is the docket for Houston, Texas. First on the docket this morning, we have the jointly administered cases under case number 22-90341, Core Scientific. Folks, please don't forget to record your electronic appearance. That's a quick trip to my website, a couple of mouse clicks. You can do that at any time prior to the conclusion of the hearing, but that is how, rec how we record your appearance. First time that you speak, if you would, please state your name and who you represent. That really does serve as a good point of reference for the court reporters in the event that a transcript request is made. We are recording this morning using CourtSpeak. We'll have the audio up on the docket available for your download shortly after the conclusion of the hearing. There was some odd noise, so I went ahead and activated the hand raising feature. If you know you're going to be speaking, if you go ahead and give me a five star, let me get you unmuted now. Obviously, uh, you can change or you can make that decision at any time. All right, Ms. Ferkvitz, good morning to you. You want to start us off and give me an update as to where we are? Um, yes, good morning, Your Honor. Mm. Uh, can you hear me? Loud and clear. Thank okay. you for asking. Uh, Ramiz, great. Ramiz Ferkvitz from Wild National, for the record, um, I understand, although they will confirm uh, for themselves, that both of the ad hoc group of equity holders and the ad hoc group of convertible note holders have agreed to the construct that the court suggested on Wednesday in relation to the appointment of an equity committee. Um, they, we've all gone back and forth a few rounds on a proposed order and have made some progress. However, there is still not agreement on the, on the proposed terms. Uh, primarily, um, the disagreement is between the ad hoc equity group and the ad hoc convertible note holder group. Uh, we did just get a revised version um, right before the hearing started that we're going through, but um, I will, I, if it makes sense to the court, I will turn it over to Mr. Meisler um, to advise the court on what the open points are. Certainly. Thank you. Mr. Meisler, good morning to you. Ah, Mr. Meisler, do you perhaps have me muted from your side? I, I can see you talking, but we can't hear you. And had you hit five star? I guess I should have started there. And your honor, just for the record, Noel Reed is on as well for the ad hoc equity group. I don't, I don't seem to be able to get the video. Um, it's just spinning on joining session for me, but I am on the audio. So I will tell you this, if you're seeing the spinning that tells you that it, you don't have a sufficient internet connection that that it will that it will pass the video. What I have what I've seen other folks do, and it tends to work, is that disconnect, try to reconnect. Sometimes that fixes it. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but it is it's an internet connection issue. Uh, got it, Your Honor. Um, and and just very just very quickly, uh, I was prepared to at least um, start for the ad hoc equity group. Ms. Um, Burkish uh, stated it correctly. I think we're in agreement on the concept. I think we're close on the order. And I think from our perspective, while well, Mr. Meisler can talk through the, the details of the few remaining open items, um, you know, I think the parties are trying to affect your intent. And so it probably just makes sense for you to simply resolve uh, what that intent is. Certainly. First, let's see if we got Mr. Meisler unmuted. Mr. Meisler, you want to try that again? Just say something? Yeah, sure. Uh, loud and clear. Your Honor, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Thank you. Oh, perfect. Great. Uh, I, I did fail to get uh, tech core 
Your Honor, what Ms. Reed said is 100% correct. You should hear also from Mr. Hanson, but at its core, we're in agreement on the proposed resolution suggested by Your Honor. We did have a meeting with our client group yesterday, and we had overwhelming support by the group to move forward on the terms that you suggested. I think we just have some details on the margins where Mr. Hanson and I haven't yet resolved the order, and I'm happy if Mr. Hanson's okay. I'm happy to go through what I think are the areas of dispute, but I don't want to get ahead of Mr. Hanson. So if Mr. Hanson wants to jump in, he's very welcome to do so. So let me, and again, I'm certainly going to hear from Mr. Hanson, but let me propose a different way of proceeding. It just generally tends to work, is that you take today, weekend if you wish, see if you can hammer it out between yourselves. If you can't, and I'll pick a deadline, if you can't get it done by 10 o'clock on Monday, upload competing forms of the order. Just understand that you may get Form A, you may get Form B. More likely you get Form C. Your Honor, that would be fine with us, although I would ask, especially in light of previous comments that you've made, I would ask that we submit an order by close of business today. All fine by me. I was just trying to recognize that you folks have other things to do other than work on this order. I was just trying to give folks flexibility. Mr. Hanson, didn't mean to not give you an opportunity. No, thank you, Your Honor. Can you hear me okay? Loud and clear. Thank you. Great. Chris Hanson with Paul Hastings on behalf of the Ad Hoc Secured Note Holder Committee. Your Honor, we're fine to try to upload either an agreed upon order or two forms of orders by the end of today. That's fine. I do think it would benefit us in the process of trying to get an agreed order if Mr. Michael and I can explain just a couple of the things that we're struggling with so that you can give us a little guidance on that. More than happy to do that. I was just trying to keep my finger off the scale, but happy to do that. I would defer to Mr. Michael. I always want the mic and I'd like to go, but he started. So from a court perspective, I'll let him start his motion and then I'll respond. All right. Mr. Meisler. Thank you, Your Honor. I think there's really two areas of dispute. One is, Your Honor, we have put in the assumptions that were the factors that got us to arrive at our $4.75 million budget. And to be sure, our original budget was higher than that. The debtors good negotiating with us led to a lower budget. But those factors are what led to the budget. If we were to bust those assumptions, it doesn't give us automatic license to increase the budget. So we would want all parties to be aware that it's those assumptions that led to the budget. Why? If a party propounds needless discovery upon us, then, Your Honor, we're going to bust the budget. Now, I think that goes into some of the factors that you were thinking about, that if someone launches discovery, it's really aimed at us. If we're launching tactics that are really meant to be, using my own words, extortionist tactics rather than value-accretive tactics, 
then then well, we wouldn't get compensated. But but I, I think that 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 litmus test uh, in some way would also apply if the shoe's on the other foot and and some other party in interest were to launch needless uh, value destructive discovery upon us. Discovery is labor intensive and and it could lead us to bust the budget. So the factors are out there in a sense to educate all the parties in interest how we arrived at the budget, but not meant to be a test for your honor on the question of whether the budget can be increased. I'm going to pause there just for one moment in, in case your honor has any questions to, to that principle. So obviously I haven't seen anything. And, and Mr. Hansen, what is your client's view? Well, Your Honor, uh, so our clients are still not happy with the appointment of an equity committee, but they appreciated the way that you described things at the hearing the other day. So right. we're going to, as Ms. Borkovich noted, we're going to try to proceed to get an order settled. With respect to the assumptions, our only point was in the form of order that we've been working on, uh, the, Mr. Meisler had included a schedule which had assumptions in it, and I don't think that's, A, I don't think that's appropriate, and B, the point on the assumptions is that you know, and this really translates to the bigger question, which is, is this a budget or is this a cap? And our view is it's a fee cap. That cap is only subject to increase by further order of the court. And as the court noted at the hearing the other day, the court might not even agree that they can go to the cap based upon your analysis later if people choose to object. And so my point that I was debating uh, with Mr. Meisen was, you know, we don't, Whatever basis upon which you agreed to cap yourself at $4.75 million for all the professionals for the equity committee, fees, expenses, and expenses of the members themselves, that's your business. We don't need to have an order that notes what the assumptions were that went into that because that would give some information that if those assumptions were no longer valid, for some reason there's a better reason to increase the cap. That's something that you can consider at a later time. So this is really, this one's really easy for me if it's helpful is that the equity committee and the debtor agreed to a cap of $4.75 million, and that cap can't be exceeded absent further order from me, and I'm not going to be constrained by any consideration because I don't know, I don't know what I don't know. And so if there's a request that's filed to exceed the cap, I'll take it up based upon what I know at the time that the request is made. Hopefully that helps move that issue along. Your Honor, I'm at, yes, sir. Uh, Ron Meisler, on the fee cap, uh, um, well, we understand that, that if we exceed the $4.75 million, we being the equity committee for advisor expenses, then we can't get paid on, by the estate unless your, your, your Honor orders otherwise. Right. The reason why, and maybe just semantics, the reason <laughs> why we use the word but as opposed to cap is our concern is that it could limit the pool of advisors that are that are willing to be hired by the equity committee. Absolutely, so we, we would of course make it absolutely right. Could. We would of course absolutely make it could. Exactly, we we want to enable the best advisors to to tend to pitch and and be retained by the equity committee, understanding that they will not get paid if the budget is exceeded. And your honor doesn't order otherwise that that, that they could get paid, but that, that semantic difference could be the reason why why a senior management team of of, uh, of a law firm or a financial advisor 
may choose simply not to pitch. And again, our principal motivation here is we would like the best advisors to be able to represent this group, understanding the risk. Totally agree. And I can't imagine that you're going to talk to someone and ask them to make a pitch of a group that doesn't know me. And I would think that alone would give them a degree of comfort. If not, then they're just going to have to make a business decision. It's just easy for me. So what's next? Your Honor, I think that's it, although I don't have so clearly the word cap will be in that order. But I don't have clarity on the assumptions that built up that number, which we'd like because, again, it doesn't bind the court in any way. So take the decision-making process out of it. It's an agreement between the Ad Hoc Equity Committee and the debtors. It's 4.75. I'm not going to look behind it. And again, if there's a request to increase it, I'm going to base it on what is important to me and what I know at the time. Not today. Not going to consider anything on a list that exists today. Or I'm going to say I'm not going to be bound by anything on a list today. I'm going to hear what the arguments are at the time. So let's get rid of the list. Let's move on. Thank you, Your Honor. Unless Mr. Hansen has something else, I think those are the principal areas of dispute. Okay. Mr. Hansen, anything else? Yeah, Your Honor. I had one other point on the order and then just a general comment before we part that I wanted to make. So with respect to the order, I think where the parties are going to land is that we are going to rely on Your Honor's comment as the standard by which the fees get analyzed, as opposed to trying to come up with language between us, which we may have a disagreement on and which we may have to ask you to resolve. So, for example, instead of having a decretal paragraph that says, you know, the fees for the equity committee shall be viewed, you know, in hindsight, based upon, you know, instead of getting really choppy with the words, I think you gave us a bunch of examples. You went through it at the hearing the other day. But we wanted to just make sure, if we are relying on that language, that we have this discussion with you today so that we have a little bit of a supplement to the record the other day. And, you know, you were clear that you want to be able to have the discretion to view the fees that are generated by the equity committee in hindsight. And what we understand hindsight to mean is at whatever period you're looking back, sure, you're going to assess whether the fees were reasonable at the time that they were incurred, but you're also going to assess them having the benefit of the result that was produced as a result of the act that was taken, as well as the factors that are existing in the case at the time that you're looking at them. And you're not going to be constrained by saying you had to go back in time to look at it then. So we're, in our mind, while you didn't go all the way to say, I'm going to look at it on a substantial contribution type standard, effectively what you're saying is you always have the discretion to look back across these fees whenever it is based upon where you are. And you're really guided by the fifth factor that you added to the Pilgrim Pride analysis, which is what difference did they make. And so we wanted to just make sure that we were all clear there so that when we say we're relying on whatever you had told us was going to be the standard, rather than try to describe your words ourselves, that we were clear on what that standard is. I think that's right. And I think if you look back, I've been entirely consistent when I added that additional requirement to Pilgrim's. I think that's actually in another case and in another order, but that shouldn't be a mystery to anybody. I mean, look, you're just going to have to accept a little bit of this on faith. I spent 20 plus years as a professional. I understand that 
that you like to you like to be paid for the services that you provide. I am certainly not out to make a point with any professional, um, but we're in a unique situation here, and my focus is exactly as I said at the hearing. It's on the debtor and the business and the employees and whether or not there is a path forward here. Um, and just to be entirely transparent, I'm simply reserving the right to exert leverage on everybody to move this forward. You know, everybody does their job. I can't imagine there's a problem. Uh, people don't do their job. And, you know, for instance, if I ever have to revisit the snippiness issue that I raised at the prior hearing, okay, I mean, everybody had fair warning at that point. Uh, but this is not an I got you. This is not a I want to make a point about rates. I'm not. I, I think I've said a thousand times, you know, rates are driven by the market. I'm a big believer in the market. Just do what you all, you do what you know you're supposed to be doing, and I can't imagine there's an issue. But I am reserving the right to come back and revisit this if, in fact, my assumptions about any or all of you turn out not to be correct. I, I don't know how I could be any more transparent than that. Uh, and, Your Honor, this is Noel Reed. We, we thought you were perfectly transparent, and that was the basis on which we um, advised our client and secured their, their support. And um, we're, we're very comfortable with the guidance that the court gave previously. Okay. Mr. Hansen, did I say something that yeah. was any different than what I said the other day or that I've previously said in other cases? No, Your Honor. I, I think we're, again, we're good with what you said the other day. I just wanted to make sure that we were all clear because, again, I think that's a better stand. I then suggested that we agree with it, that, that it's better to do that than it is to try to describe in our own words. Um, and to your point about moving this case forward, this is, I wanted to touch on this, right? Ms. Perkovich gave you an update the other day. You know, they're now two months into the case. I made the point that perhaps we should wait to see what happens here until we have a business plan. But clearly, the exclusivity clock is ticking, and we currently have no progress towards the plan of reorganization at all. We had an RSA that's been torn up, right? And so one of the major standards here, and you've highlighted it a few times, is we don't want to hang out in bankruptcy. We want to move this case as quickly as possible and get out, and moving fast, of course, keeps fees down. But it also helps us get an entity out of bankruptcy where it shouldn't be hiding. And so I, I, we want to just point out to the court that clearly there may be an exclusivity extension coming. We hope to see significant progress on plan by that point in time, but we can't do that um, without the debtors having a business plan and the debtors getting around and trying to negotiate with everybody. So we look forward to that happening, and we hope it happens soon. And I'd also just note for the record, Judge, to your point about the fragileness of this business, price of Bitcoin dropped almost 5% overnight last so, night. And so it is... For whatever reason, I now look at it every day. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Um, Your Honor, um, I agree with what Mr. Hansen said in terms of we, as I mentioned the other day, are finalizing our business plan, and then we intend to sit down with all of our major stakeholders, including Mr. Hansen's large client group, and negotiate a plan of reorganization. Uh, and, and again, if if it's helpful, and, and I, I mean this sincerely, if, if anyone, you know, it doesn't take a lot to get a status conference if there's an issue that you believe I can be helpful on. I, I want to be helpful to the process. I'm here to resolve disputes, but I also want to be helpful to the process. And again, that's I want to get you all focused on the next part of this, which is why I've kind of been a little pushy with respect to this issue. 
um, you know, if it turns out that um, you know, Isger can help, I, you know, I had to go eat the most god-awful cheeseburger in my life yesterday, uh, so he now owes me another one. I, you know, I'm more than happy to, to get him involved if, if that's helpful. I'm, if Judge Lopez can be helpful, I'm, I think he owes me a couple. I'm happy to use all of those, all of those favors to help move this along. I, I really do want to – I'm looking at this a whole lot like I would a retail case. This really has to move quickly if it's going to have a chance of succeeding. So, again, I'm, I trust you all. I'm going to sit here and expect everyone to do what I know you can do so well. But if it turns out that we need you know, a nudge in one direction or another, all of you know how to ask. It's, it's not going to bother me one bit. That is very helpful, Your Honor. Thank you. All right. So, ordered by the end of the day, somebody will shoot um, Mr. Alonzo an email once it's been uploaded, and I'll turn it promptly around. If it turns out that there is a, if it turns out that there's just a logjam, number one, I'm going to be here uh, all day. I mean, if, if folks think it would be helpful to jump back on, I'm happy to do it. Also, if you want to just submit, again, version A, version B, you know, I'm happy for you to do that. Just always with the caveat that you could get order C. Okay. Thank you, Your Honor. Right. Thank you, Donald. Terrific. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. I don't know what the weather is like your way, but it's just beautiful here today. But uh, have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see everybody soon. Thank you.